Welcome back, everyone, to our Lenten podcast on the book of Isaiah. Uh, as always, I'm here with you. My name is Brian Belter. With me today are... Pastor Gimble. Isaac Conrad. And Shauna Zioko. Almost the whole crew together again. So let's uh, let's dive into the book of Isaiah. Today we're going to be reading from chapter 61, uh, specifically verses 1 through 4 and 8 through 11. Again, that's Isaiah chapter 61. So if uh, Pastor Gimbal would like to kick us off. I'd be happy to. Thank you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, in comfort who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations, and their descendants in the midst of the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest, with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. Wow. What a, uh, a beautiful picture that's painted here in chapter 61. Yeah, absolutely. There is, again, so much going on here. Oh, I could spend the rest of the time just talking about verse 1 and a little bit in verse 2, honestly, but there's, there's just so much there. I think the the key thing that I think will help our interpretation of this is to to put Jesus in there. Um, if you recall, early on in Jesus' ministry in Luke's Gospel, chapter four, Jesus is still in Nazareth and he goes to the synagogue and um, they ask Jesus or Jesus chooses to go and read and then give a little interpretation uh, from the Old Testament scroll. So Jesus reads these words. And then he hands the scroll back, and then he says, I tell you the truth, today scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, and then sits back down. 
So Jesus just basically says he's the one that's going to be doing all these things. So just keep that in mind as we're going to go through and, and look at it all. There's just so much that Jesus does. Number one, the Spirit of God is upon Jesus. We see that at his baptism. He has anointed him. We saw that at his baptism too. We hear about Jesus bringing good news to the poor. We hear about Jesus going to those who are brokenhearted to bring liberty to the captives and opening the prison for those who are bound. Like we just see Jesus doing all sorts of, of stuff like that in his ministry. Yeah, and especially with the last part, uh, proclaiming liberty to the captives and opening the prison to those who are bound, that's fulfilled in a more metaphorical way in that uh, Paul talks about us being uh, slaves to sin and through Christ's death on the cross, and that sets us free. Yeah, absolutely. So do you guys remember that sermon series we did for Lent like two years ago where we called it the gospel in seven words? Yeah, where yeah, you had absolutely. us write down on the board all the different variations on trying to figure out how to say the gospel in just seven words. Yeah, that was the one. That was the one. You have a good memory there, Shauna. <laughs> But I think like each week we had to come up with like a different nuance or a different way to explain the gospel. And the one that, that Isaac said, which is the one we heard here, is one of those metaphors. You know, can we think about a way to share the gospel of what it's like simply by using that analogy of being prisoners or being slaves and then being set free again? And you see that imagery come up time and time again throughout, uh, throughout the rest of Scripture as well, because that's the, the status of our life. Uh, think of Amazing Grace, everyone's favorite hymn, right? How, what are the words to that one? You know. I was blind, but now I'm free. Yeah, there, there's very much, it, it kind of also harkens back to the, well, for us harkens back, but harkens forward to the Beatitudes. You know, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are captive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how I've, that, that's what was going in my head as I was hearing that in, uh, and seeing how Jesus fulfills that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wait, and we get, so, for blessed are those who mourn, here, I'm going to look it up real quick, but it's blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, right? Right. And that's what we see, like, almost word for word in verse 2, to comfort all who mourn. Exactly. But you skipped over my favorite line, Isaac. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance on our God. <laughs> year of the Lord's favor line there. Uh, I think that's a reference to what's called the year of Jubilee. You guys know the year of Jubilee? Yeah, it's a, it's a do, very but... Jewish thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember it from Old Testament class. Yeah, Brian, give us a rundown. So, uh, how, how, many, uh, how many years in between? Six? Uh, oh. I it's... thought the year of Jubilee was every 50. Yeah, yeah so it's every it, it goes in patterns of seven. Yeah, so they had seven-year cycles. So it would go seven years, and then you do another seven years, and then you'd get seven times seven. Uh, seven sets of seven is 49, and so the next year after that is year 50. So year 50 is the year of, of Jubilee. And basically, the year of Jubilee, everything is supposed to be wiped clean. All all debts forgiven, all... Uh, all slaves basically set free. Um, that's you know what's prescribed by the by the Lord. But as we had a little pre-conversation, that didn't always happen. <laughs> yeah, this was their their economy back then, right? So they didn't have credit cards, and if you went into debt, 
you know, let's say you took out a loan from somebody and you had to pay it back, you had to do it by kind of sweat equity, right? So if I borrow from Isaac um, money to get my crops in for the year and we had a bad year for my crops, then I owe Isaac some money. So I would have to go work it off for X number of years or X number of time. But basically, uh, the year of Jubilee was supposed to be this big, gigantic reset button every 50 years where all the slaves would go back to their uh, original homes. All debts would be paid and canceled and everything would go back. I mean, even, even like property that was owned by somebody would go back, uh, if it had been lost, go back to its original owner again at this year of Jubilee. So like, like what Brian was saying too, we have no record of this actually being carried out in in anything in Scripture. So it, it kind of makes sense to me, right? Because if you're a business owner and you've got this slave working for you and he's still got a lot more debt to you and you get to this year of Jubilee and God says, eh, you need to let him go, you might be inclined to say, mm, I think you better stay here and continue working. That's another illustration of a humankind's inability to obey the the word of the Lord. Yeah. So we did a little research and checking on this too. You guys want to yeah off mic before the podcast. So um, it it really you know was observed by Jews in Israel, but since Jews were out of Israel for a while, then um really has not been observed since probably the exile but if you are counting the year of jubilee is actually supposed to be uh next year from april 2021 to april 2022 so what you're saying shauna is if i convert to judaism all my debts can be forgiven next year uh, only between other Jews. So we need to all oh, convert to Judaism. It's only a Jew to Jew transaction. Okay. Go to Israel. Yeah, you'd have to live in Israel and be an Orthodox Jew. Grow your hair out. You know. Uh, I can do some of that to save some some cash. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, you know how our week rolls too. I mean, it's like we have six days working and seventh day Sabbath. We're just this this giant rest. So. That's what the the year of Jubilee was, is like a whole year of Sabbath. So it's kind of, it's really just a neat concept. And it's kind of a shame that it's still not around today in some ways. Yeah, but it hasn't been a thing for like 2,000 years, so. Well, and possibly more than that, like we were, yeah. like what Brian said too. Well, maybe this is kind of like our year of Jubilee. You, know, you, <laughs> there you, you, go. you described this COVID-19 stuff. So if you described it like God's hitting the reset button, maybe this is... <laughs> Is God saying no? You're taking a year of jubilee. Yeah, t- tell it my uh, last a whole year. tell my student loan officers that, and we'll talk. <laughs> so that's a yeah. that was an event that was supposed to occur every 50 years, and be a, a big. I, I'm assuming for those that that got to the benefits of that that year, even though again, as we just said, it didn't didn't really happen the way it was prescribed. But what a time of of celebration and joy once every 50 years but we're looking at this promise as something that's going to happen and continue forward forever yeah again this idea of renewal that we have coming with lent and coming with easter is being born again being free from our sins that the wages that we have you know the wages of sin is death but our sins are forgiven, so these wages are forgiven. Yeah, it's going to be quite the party. Even uh, 
some fun attire there too. Did you guys catch that one? Oh yes. You got a yeah. beautiful headdress instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. I do love that phrase, oaks of righteousness. That just sounds so awesome. I, I feel like I, I would want to start a club called the Oaks of Righteousness. <laughs> There, there, comes, go. there comes the word righteousness up again in the book of Isaiah, as we've pointed out several times. Righteousness, justice, major themes in the book of Isaiah. And here we get to see that they will become and be called oaks of righteousness. And what? Whew, I'm ready. Which presumes that they're going to do this righteous thing, righteousness thing correctly, right? After they have not been doing it correctly for so long. And that it's going to be done the way that it ought to be done. So does that mean that you and Pastor Meyer are going to start wearing beautiful headdresses to church? Um, yeah, that's a little bit later. Easter right? bonnets, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what what verse was that? Verse 10? Verse 10. Like a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress? Well, the beautiful headdress is mentioned twice, so it must be pretty important. Yeah, it sounds yeah. important to me. <laughs> All right, so we need someone to get us a princess crown for those of you who are listening to this. Flower crown, something like that. Yes. I think it's yeah. a great idea. I, I, I do I'm like... I'm cringing um... over here. You can't see my face, but I'm just like shuddering at the thought of this. Come on, you've, you're the father of many daughters. Surely you've worn a headdress once or twice. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. Did you guys ever play that Pretty Pretty Princess game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. I played it as anyway. an adult. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I did too. I mean, that's the fun part is that as an adult, you get to enjoy all the fun games with your kids. Again, like you're a kid. Oh, did yeah. you know? Okay, got to interject a quick story here. <laughs> So Miriam has been very conscientious. She comes up to me one day and she's like, Dad, you need to play a game with me. I was like, I do? Why? She says, Dad, you need to have fun. You need to learn how to be a kid. Come play a game with me. And I'm like, okay. I couldn't argue with that, but good for her looking out for me. Yeah. <laughs> Needing to be a kid again. What was the game? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. We've been buying a lot of new board games during this, this stretch here. Yeah. Okay, we should probably get back to the text, though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why that's why I didn't go and list all of those said board games because I'm excited about those too. Well, then yeah. we, we we have this great um in verse four we've got as Shauna always loves the uh, exile imagery, the building up the ancient ruins from the devastations, the ruined cities from the devastations, Th this whole idea of like renewal once again and building everything back up from what was lost yeah a lot of this uh restoration imagery that like there was something that was good and then it got destroyed and it's going to be restored back to its old glory yeah we talked several times about how in prophetic literature like this often there's the near prophecy and then there's the the long-term future kind of prophecy as well so people reading this and hearing this prophecy at the time thinking, oh, the, the literal ruined cities, the, you know, going back to, you know, Judah, Israel, rebuilding Jerusalem, you know, and we see that that does come to, to fruition. You know, Nehemiah goes back, starts rebuilding walls, and it's going to happen. But in the greater sense, the prophecy looking forward to all of creation being ruined through 
through sin and death, and then that will too be rebuilt and restored. It will ultimately be restored on the last day when Christ comes and returns, and we go to the new heavens and the new earth. Well, the new Jerusalem, right? I mean, that's that's another physical image, too. It even that's talks true. about how that's built. It's built not with, not necessarily with bricks and mortar, but built with people. You know, each of the uh, the 12 tribes of Israel are the foundations, and the, you know, the names of the apostles are on the cornerstones or on the gates of that city, too. Yeah, that renewal of Zion sort of thing. And, and it, it moves so wonderfully to the second section, 8 through 11. The, yeah. You know, for the Lord, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. There's the word justice again. I'm always looking out for it. And there well, it is. That's, that's about as succinctly as you can put it, right? I mean, how is justice defined when you're taking from people and you're doing wrong? But that's, it gives a cool image of God, though, right? For a God that doesn't rob people and doesn't do wrong. And he makes that everlasting covenant. There's covenant theology again. It's so many wonderful themes in Isaiah. But this idea of, of making that promise, making that covenant with us. And back to the promises in, in Genesis. Their offspring shall be known among the nations, their descendants in the midst of the people. Yeah, and then again at the end. They are an offspring the Lord has blessed. Yeah, again, uh, right back to Abraham. Genesis 12, yeah. verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yeah, clear illusion there. You guys are making my job easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, but a, again, Isaiah makes it easy. You know, Isaiah, it's very clear, you know, this, this isn't trying to hide anything in language. He's being very direct, very clear about what how things are going to be yeah and what a beautiful image it is just so many of these passages in this last part of isaiah are just gold mines that are just rich with imagery and pointing clearly to jesus it's i've really just benefited from just digging deeper into these during these podcasts now brian i gotta say justice always comes with a pair justice and and righteousness. Righteousness. Back. We get that in verse 10. In verse 10, I was going to say, when you're, you're describing the imagery of, of what's, what's to come here. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. And I, I like that for a couple of reasons. Again, righteousness is brought up again, which is a very important theme here in Isaiah. But also that he has covered me. It's nothing that, that I have done. It's, it's something to cover up who I am at the heart of me, which is a very unrighteous, un unjust being, but I'm covered with his robe of righteousness. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful image. It makes me think of uh, back at Concordia Seward, Pastor Jerkin used to talk about putting on our Jesus suit. And that this is one of those moments where we're putting on our Jesus suit, you know, when we stand before God and we're covered in our sinfulness and wretchedness that we cover ourselves in Christ or we put on our Jesus suit our garments of salvation our robes of righteousness and that makes us worthy you know it, it's covering ourselves in Christ but I think what Brian was pointing out is also very important that it's not us putting on the robe of righteousness it's God 
putting the robe of righteousness on us. Yeah. We don't do anything. We don't do anything to earn our salvation. We cannot do anything to make ourselves right with God. It's only through Jesus that we are able to have that robe of righteousness. And it's God that puts that robe of righteousness on us. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we get the we get the garment of salvation. We get the robe of righteousness. But then even more than that, the next couple of lines here, we're going to shine brightly. We're back to that that beautiful headdress and we're back to a bride adorning herself with jewels things that things that stand out and are beautiful and can be seen uh, it, uh, the glory the glory and all that is just amazing you know what this reminds me of spaghetti dinner skit the armor <laughs> of god that was fun. they did a skit about the armor of god I know, Brian. Whoa, I wish I was there for that. (laughs) How was it? (laughs) Hey, somebody paid attention. Come on. Uh, Good, good, good. Good work, Isaac. I mean, seriously. (laughs) You helped a lot, too. But yeah, it is like. You have things that you wear that are attributed with, with, uh, with things that God gives you, right? So you're wearing stuff that has salvation. You're wearing stuff that has righteousness. And you're wearing stuff that, um, yeah, just just is that reminder of what God has done for you, and and also you know what you wear is something other people can see too, which I think is the emphasis here. Yeah, again, it's 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 things that are put on. Uh, I kind of like to go back to that that part of the imagery that with the, even you know the armor of God, and then also these these garments that we're mentioning here too. It's something that's put over us, and it's not something that is necessarily imparted into our being. It's something that covers up who we are to strengthen us in this this spiritual sense. Yeah. Do you guys ever do that with clothes sometimes? Like you just wear something big so that people can't see? Like for me, now that I'm, uh, time is a more precious gift, I've realized that's like the power of the baseball cap. <laughs> so as a guy, like if my hair is a complete mess and disaster and I'm rolled out of bed, I'm like I'll just cover it up with a baseball cap and nobody will be able to tell. Oh, right. yeah. Or there's that, like that one outfit that you wear and you do it to help you feel more confident and more in control. So if Pastor Gimbel's ever wearing a baseball cap during the church service, we know why. That's right. That's right. <laughs> or a beautiful headdress like a, like a priest. Yeah, it's because I haven't brushed my hair that day. That's, that's all that means. I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it past Pastor Meyer to wear a beautiful headdress. <laughs> He's not yeah, here to I defend himself, it. so let's go ahead. That's and... what I was going to say. He's not here to defend himself. You know, the least beautiful thing I've ever worn is a cheese head. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and, and then I, I love this uh, this final part of the verse, verse 11. Again, harkens to Easter season for me, because for as the earth brings forth its sprouts and a garden causes what is sown in to sprout up, so shall the Lord cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. And like right now, when I go outside, like all the little, you know, buds are starting to blossom and the sprout little shoots are coming out of the ground and things are starting to be more green and beautiful. And just thinking about, you know, God's beautiful creation. Yeah, that harkens back again to what we were discussing in our our previous episode on chapter 55. You know, the, the fruits of, of what's going to be coming forth here. Um, you know, a good illustration. We can all relate to this renewal in the springtime of 
sprouts coming up and what is sown beginning to, to grow. And, you know, we can take that example, apply it to spiritual issues, and there we go. We're going to get righteousness, praise, justice, salvation, all those wonderful things to sprout and grow up. So many great gifts. I know. It's, this, this passage is just like chock full of good stuff. I mean, just like all these passages in Isaiah, it's it's amazing. And it you does know, feel good to get into a... these later chapters here too, and seeing in earlier chapters we would look at it, and we would see the the warnings and the and Isaiah talking about the the sinfulness of the people, and but then there was a promise mixed in with that too. But here, these last couple of chapters that we've been going through, it's nothing but wonderful, glorious promises, and it is very heartwarming, encouraging, and, and fills me with with a sense of, of hope and, you know, looking forward to that renewal that's to come. And it's like with the, uh, again, going back to the sower and the seed, you know, the, the word being sown into our hearts will cause us to sprout up righteousness and praise. So, you know, the idea that the word doesn't come back empty and that the word that's been building up in our hearts this whole time. And now we just want to tell everybody about it. It's like good news. Got to tell everybody quick. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. I think that's a wonderful sentiment to, uh, to end this episode on a sentiment of things to look forward to in the future and the good, great, wonderful gifts that are to come. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, now that we're in Holy week, uh, I just want to invite you to continue to, to join with us as well as best we can these days. Stay connected with us. Um, as hopefully you know, we've got some special things going on this week, uh, trying to push out a little bit more opportunities for you to stay connected than what we typically have had in the past. But again, kind of the big things we're building towards are uh, with Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and of course on Easter Sunday. So we're still going live stream only, but uh, please join us for live stream only on uh, Maundy Thursday this week, 7 p.m. And Good Friday is not going to be the same service. And I, I didn't share this on the podcast last week, but we we I, I really like the Good Friday service. I'll just say that, uh, the one that we typically do. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the things we typically do, I just don't think would transfer well to a live stream. You know, like uh, having it get dark and have like the slamming of the book and and everything like that. So, because um, I, I, I don't think everybody has like a dimmer switch or anything like that, <laughs> like in their living room to go dim the lights with us, among other things. So what we're going to be doing, as hopefully you've heard by now, is uh, we're doing what's called a tre ore. Uh, that's Latin for three hours. So we're having a kind of open house come as you as you want uh, for the whole thing, for pieces of it. We're going to have worship going on during the three hours that Jesus was on the cross from 12 noon until 3 p.m. We're going to spend 20 minutes each on each of the seven last words of Christ from the cross. It'll be like a little mini service. Um, we're hoping to have some guest preachers lined up, so at the time of recording, we don't have those wrapped up, but it might be more than just Pastor Meyer and I up there. Might have some old familiar faces and some perhaps new other faces as well. So be sure to join us. Can you donate to go to church for 30 hours, for 30 hours, three hours, just come and go for, for what you please. But if you want to go for the three hours, then I'm sure it will benefit you. And then, of course, Easter Sunday. So, of course, after that, we're going to have... Easter Sunday worship 
8 a.m. live stream, and then you can always catch the replay on that. Uh, that's usually available not long after the live stream wraps up. So uh, we'll have our you know somber celebration. Well, it'll be a little less less joyful because we'll have a mostly empty church, but still have the resurrection joy. And then we'll we'll save the the Easter celebration and all of its fullness with the Lord's Supper for when we come back out of this uh, social distancing requirements that are upon us at the moment. So that's, again, what I am really looking forward to. Miss not seeing everybody, miss um, not talking to, to people after church or at church as often. But uh, we hope that you join us as best you can via technology. Yeah, again, that is great news. I mean, we are going to observe Easter on you know the day prescribed this year, but also, man, looking forward to that, that renewal time when we are together to have the big blowout that we that we're anticipating here is going to be wonderful. You know what I'd like to have? What's that? Food, like some kind of potluck or Easter breakfast or something. I think That's we're pretty dream. good at uh, doing that. <laughs> I think that comes that together pretty That is a thing quickly. that can happen. Yes, that is a skill that we have. As the joke that I like to tell our new confirmands the last couple of years that I've uh, had the opportunity to speak to them on their on that uh, special Wednesday evening. Um, I tell them, now, now you're full-fledged Lutherans. Look forward to committee meetings and the best thing, potluck dinners. We're amazing at hosting them. That's right. I miss those Lent midweek meals. I know. Yeah, we don't get to, this, we this don't get to hype them the up here. I think that the elders would have been grilling, too. Oh, well, I guess I'll just have to do that at home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm thinking about, <laughs> like, after this is, what, what are we on, like a week and a half of stay at home? So I'm almost getting to the point of, like, what can I grill? So I'm going to, like, find stuff in the house to just throw in the grill. Like, <laughs> can I grill that? Yeah, let's let's try it in the grill. Can I grill that? Yeah, we'll try that in the grill, too. Will, sure, it, we not? can grill it. <laughs> try the grill like an oven, you know? And one of these days, I actually want to try baking cookies in the grill. Ooh, have you had grilled fun. pizza? It's delicious. I have. It's mm. awesome. You just get frozen pizza and you slap it on the grill. Yeah, guys, we're, that nice we're getting little... close to dinner here. I'm rather hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that all of our stomachs are rumbling and we're ready for dinner, let's uh, let's wrap this up with a wonderful word of prayer and and get ready to enjoy our evenings. I can pray. Thanks, Isaac. Please pray with me, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for allowing us to study your word. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross so that we can have all of these great gifts of righteousness and of justice in this restoration. Please be with us as we continue to go through this pandemic and bring us safely to when we can all meet together again. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac, and thanks everybody for joining us today. Come back and join us again as we are getting close to wrapping up the book of Isaiah. And as always, all scripture readings do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Have a great day.